The Fine Print A Good Omens Fic Written by Curtain Call Read by Literarian Chapter 10 Crowley supposed there were likely a great deal of advantages to living above one's place of work. No commute, for one thing, although there went the utility of the commute as an all-purpose excuse for lateness. At the moment, however, he was mainly preoccupied with the disadvantages of such a living arrangement, such as there being no way out of one's flats but through one's shop. I don't see what you're so worried about, Aziraphale said. He was standing in front of the gilt-edged, full-length mirror, doing up the buttons on his shirt. I quite understand that you don't wish it to be observed that you've spent the night here, but the shop isn't open yet, obviously, so it's not as though anyone will see you. I suppose, Crowley said. It's just that I've never had to do a walk of shame that involved a retail establishment before. You shock me, Aziraphale said, turning round at last. Or don't you seduce all your clients? Only the ones who, what did you call it before, thwart all my contractual wiles. Crowley stood up. But really, who seduced who here? Because I seem to remember that I wasn't the one who suggested that I come inside. Hmm, Aziraphale said, turning back to the mirror. Crowley came up behind him. Aziraphale had finished with his shirt buttons, but hadn't yet proceeded to trousers, and Crowley slid a hand under his shirt tails and rested his chin on Aziraphale's shoulder so he, too, could look into the mirror. But, he said, rubbing circles around Aziraphale's navel, to be clear, I'm entirely capable of seduction. I'm certain you are, said Aziraphale, blandly, as though he hadn't got an entire human being draped around him like a snake. You don't sound certain, Crowley said, kissing his neck. Can I offer some proof, or...? As pleasant as I might find that... Aziraphale said, illustrating the fact with a sort of wiggly squirm. I must remind you that we've, or at least I've, rather a lot to do today. He pulled Crowley's hand off of his stomach and stepped away, turning to face him. And I believe you wanted to be gone before shop opening. Don't you control shop opening times? asked Crowley, just for the sake of saying it, and headed back towards the bed to find his own clothes. So I've decided to phone Gabriel, Aziraphale said, which pretty much eradicated any remaining sexual urges in Crowley. Doing this in person might lead to some unpleasantness, and I'd much rather avoid that, don't you think? You'll think he'll believe you have proof without seeing it. Perhaps not, but it's worth a try. Aziraphale finished tying his shoe and stood up. 
I'm going to go down and start opening up, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, course not. Be down in a minute, Angel. Crowley lingered in the little bedroom longer than was strictly necessary, attempting to balance his natural curiosity with the awareness that Aziraphale had trusted him enough to leave him alone and thus not to snoop. Still, though, that didn't mean he couldn't take a moment to catalogue the place, the old colour photograph of the Colosseum framed on the wall, the crossword puzzle book on the bedside table, the truly outlandish amount of throw pillows on the bed. Oh, well, most of them weren't on the bed any longer, because they'd proved rather an impediment to last night's activities and had been summarily hurled across the room by Crowley, who had no intention of letting brocade create a rash anywhere sensitive. Aziraphale certainly wasn't neat, not that Crowley would have expected that from his shop, but his room was messy rather than filthy. Stacks of paper laying about? Yes. Dirty socks? No. Tea-stained marks, but no mouldy food. That was all right, then, and Crowley realized that he'd been unconsciously evaluating their potential compatibility as cohabitants, which wasn't so much putting the cart before the horse as sending the cart whizzing off by itself while the horse was still blithely eating oaks back at the stable. He finished dressing and made his way down the little stairwell to the shop. There were, as Aziraphale had assured him, no customers. There was, however, anathema standing at the till and reading a magazine with a cover story about the secret extra-governmental colony that Elon Musk had supposedly established on Mars. She glanced up. Ah! Aziraphale darted out from behind the shelf. Hello, Crowley. Very glad to see that you've Found everything you needed. Yes, so you'll be on your way now. Uh, all right. Uh, you'll let me know how it goes, then, with the Small Business Association. You shall be the first person I tell. Hey, Anathema said mildly. What, not the person whose job depends on your success? The second person I tell, Aziraphale conceded. And, um, Anathema, dear, might I ask you to please be discreet about Crowley's presence here at this hour? What with things being at such a delicate juncture? Yeah, all right, Anathema said. Aziraphale blinked. Oh, well, thank you. Anathema laid down her magazine. Look, Aziraphale, no offence, really. You're by far the best boss I've ever had, but I'm really, really not interested in your personal relationships, okay? So, no, I definitely won't be telling anyone. Honestly, I'm probably gonna try and forget it. There are just some things you don't want to know about your employer. Does this mean you'll stop trying to sell me books about various perverted arts and crafts? Crowley asked, hopefully. Anathema smiled sunnily at him. It didn't suit her. Now why would I do that? 
Well, now that's settled, Aziraphale said, glancing at his watch. I really ought to be opening up. And Crowley, you ought to be at your job, too, so goodbye then. Goodbye, said Crowley. He wanted to kiss Aziraphale goodbye, but even though Anathema had very ostentatiously reopened her magazine to demonstrate her complete indifference, it still felt inappropriate in front of her. He considered a handshake, dismissed that as ridiculous, and had just about decided on going in for a quick peck on the cheek when the bell chimed and the shop door swung open. We're closed, Aziraphale said, turning irritably to look, and gasped a bit. Crowley followed his gaze. I assume the sign was a mistake, said Gabriel, striding in and glancing around. After all, Aziraphale, I know you're well aware of core business hours. Hello, Gabriel, Aziraphale said icily. Anathema put down her magazine. Crowley slunk backwards into the shelves against all instinct. This isn't your bit, he told himself firmly. You helped him get what he needed. He's perfectly capable of handling this on his own. Still, though, he attempted to beam here to help if you need me signals at the back of Aziraphale's head. Well, we'll just consider it forgotten for now, won't we? Gabriel was saying cheerily. No arm, no foul. I only came by to see whether you'd looked over the updated paperwork for the Small Business Association. We'll need it signed and returned this week. Actually, Aziraphale said calmly, I wanted to discuss that with you. Gabriel chuckled. <laughs> not much to discuss there, Aziraphale. The association's not exactly a democracy. <laughs> I won't be accepting amendments, you know. I noticed the fees had gone up rather significantly. Cost of doing business, I'm afraid. The amount of money it takes to print off my pamphlets, you wouldn't believe. Oh, you can't use your other funding for that? Aziraphale asked innocently. Sorry? Your other funding, the payment you received last month from Beelzebub Prince at the Leviathan Corporation. What? I would think that, given the amount involved, you wouldn't need to be increasing fees. But perhaps I've misunderstood. Perhaps you have. It's funny, though, because... Aziraphale pulled a piece of paper out of his waistcoat pocket and began unfolding it. It does seem rather clear in the records. Gabriel reached out a hand. Give me that. I don't think that would be very wise of me, do you? It is, after all, proof that you've been working with, been paid by the Leviathan Corporation, to force myself and the other shops into such financial straits that we'd have no choice but to sell to them. So I really don't think I ought to let you have it. Gabriel stood very still for a moment 
and Crowley, from his spot behind the bookshelves, began to worry that he might actually physically attack Aziraphale, and then Crowley would obviously have to punch him, except that Crowley had never been particularly good at punching people, and certainly not people of Gabriel's size and apparent athleticism. A well-placed knee, on the other hand. But Gabriel just shook his head at last, and with the same fraternal smile as he'd had before, said, Look, Aziraphale, you're an intelligent man, eh? You understand that whatever it might look like, I was really only acting in your best interest. In the best interest of all the shops in the association. With the amount of money Therian was offering, you'd have been easily able to afford another place, somewhere with less foot traffic, somewhere that you could focus on those high-value clients you're always banging on about. I would have thought you'd like that better. He really believed what he was saying, Crowley realized, with a combination of surprise and disgust. He really thought that Aziraphale would be grateful to him for attempting to drive him out of his shop. Of his home. Aziraphale seemed to realize it too, because he said, with more regret than anger, Perhaps I would have, after all, if I'd chosen it. But I don't much appreciate being manoeuvred about, nor threatened with insolvency. Nor, I would imagine, do my fellow small business owners. I should hate to have to inform them all of what you've been up to. Are you blackmailing me? Oh, I really don't think you can claim to have the moral high ground here. Gabriel's expression lost the last vestiges of its affability. What do you want, then? For you to leave me alone. No fee hikes, no brochures of tips, tricks and helpful hints, no getting me to stock picture postcards and plastic jejaws, no trade paperback bestsellers in the window at 50% off to appeal to the passerby. This is my shop, and I ran it perfectly well before you came along, and I'd very much like to go back to that. Thank you. But what? Am I supposed to have every other store be compliant and correct, and you'll just be like this? You might consider allowing them all to do as they wish, Aziraphale said. Trust they know what's best for their own business. Gabriel made a face. But the regulations that I've set up are better. They've been tested and approved by highly regarded marketing specialists. Don't you want to do our works? Look, I've told you what I need, Aziraphale said firmly. I'm not particularly interested in debating it any further. Fine, then, Gabriel said after a moment. Have it your way. But I want that, he gestured at the piece of paper in Aziraphale's hand. I don't think so, Aziraphale said. At least not until you bring over a signed form from the Small Business Association agreeing to what we've discussed. Then I might consider handing it over as a gesture of goodwill. But I wasn't aware this was a negotiation. Fine. 
Gabriel said again. I'll have the new papers to you later this week. Satisfied? Very, Aziraphale said genially. And now, if you'll excuse me, I do have a business to run. Wouldn't want to keep the shop closed and lose customers, would we? No, said Gabriel, with a level of irony Crowley hadn't thought him capable of. We wouldn't. He smiled at Aziraphale once more, showing all those inhumanly straight white teeth, and left. Crowley hesitated to step out from his shadowy position between the shelves. After all, Aziraphale hadn't ever intended to do this in front of him. Well, Anathema said at last, I have to say his aura is truly disgusting. Aziraphale, who had been standing stock still since Gabriel had left, responded like a wind-up doll that had finally been let go, breaking into a fit of snorting giggles interspersed with short gasps for air. Whoa, Crowley said, coming up to him and placing his hands on Aziraphale's shoulder. Hey, are you... you okay? Aziraphale wheezed a few more times, wiped a tear away from his eye, and nodded. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I do apologize, it's only... <laughs> I've been so worried, and then it's over, and then she goes and just says about his aura. <laughs> and he was off again. I don't see what's so funny about that. Anathema said crossly. He did have a disgusting aura. It was throwing off the energy of the whole place. I'm surprised even you didn't notice. I'm certain you're right. <laughs> Aziraphale said, gaining control of himself once more. Do forgive me, Anathema. I'm fairly certain this is just hysterics. And... and... Awful lot has happened these past few days. You can say that again, said Crowley, finally judging Aziraphale stable enough to let him go. Perfectly understandable reaction, really. Anathema made a sceptical face. I guess. Anyway, it seems like we're safe then. No fee increase? I won't feel entirely safe until I see the documentation, Aziraphale admitted. But I confess I can't see how Gabriel can possibly avoid capitulation. If nothing else, I would be delighted to have him gone as head of the Small Business Association. You could do that anyway, Crowley pointed out. I mean, once you've got your new terms signed and sealed... Nothing stopping you from double-crossing him and telling the rest of the shop owners about what he's been up to, is there? Nothing besides the fact that I am a man of my word, Aziraphale said haughtily. Crowley snorted. <laughs> right, sure, that. There was a soft knock on the door. Ooh, customer! Anathema said, and went to go flip the sign to open. Aziraphale glanced at his watch again and tutted. 
Yes, indeed, it's well past time you were at work, isn't it? That little contretemps has thrown us all off. Crowley grinned at him. Lucky for me, I'm not burdened with a conscience. At least not in the matter of tardiness. Fortunate indeed, said Aziraphale dryly, and gave his hand a quick squeeze before heading over to greet the customer Anathema had just let in. There was still one difficulty, though, Crowley thought, spinning idly around in his office chair and tapping a pen rhythmically against one of the arms. Aziraphale certainly wouldn't be selling to Therian, not once he had Gabriel's word about changing the terms of the Small Business Association Agreement, but that didn't change the fact that Therian still presumably wanted to buy the shop, and Crowley was still presumably under orders to drop AZ Fell and Co. as a client. But it probably wasn't that there was anything inherently desirable about AZ Fell and Co. itself, Crowley's personal desires, re the proprietor notwithstanding, was there. Therian presumably had just taken advantage of the opportunity to get a whole slate of small businesses in the neighborhood into a position where they'd be better off selling. Crowley wasn't even entirely sure what Therian did, or sold, or whatever it was. But he supposed they could find somewhere else to do it, given sufficient inducement. He thought again about the records Newt had found. Something was nudging at the back of his mind, something that had stood out. He got up after a second and knocked on Ligger's door. Yeah? Hey, do you happen to have your copy of the Employee Handbook and Policy Guide hanging around anywhere? Crowley asked. Uh, think so, Ligger said, pulling open a desk drawer. Yeah, it's in here. Can I borrow it for a minute? Don't you have your own? Misplaced it, Crowley lied. Well, not lied, so long as one took misplaced to mean tossed into the recycling because everything's online anyhow. Just make sure you bring it back, Ligger said suspiciously, but handed it over. Don't worry. Crowley said, not precisely intending to hawk the Leviathan employee manual on the black market. He waved jauntily at Ligger and headed back into his own office. Once there, he flipped open the handbook and began skimming quickly through it till... Bingo! Crowley said aloud. He picked up his desk phone and dialed. Thank you for calling Therian Incorporated. If you know the extension of the party you wish to reach, please press it now. For accounts payable... Representative, Crowley said loudly. Person. I want to talk to a person. For customer service, press 7. Human being, he said as clearly as he could. Human. 
For all other questions or to speak to a representative, press 9 or stay on the line. The voice finished triumphantly. Crowley jabbed 9. Theory Incorporated, how can I help you? Hey, uh, I need to talk to Beelzebub Prince. Oh, the voice on the other end said. Um, I don't believe they're available at the moment. Might I take a message? I'm calling from the Leviathan Compliance Department, Crowley said. About a very urgent matter. Could you please transfer my call? Um, one moment. Crowley heard the sound of the operator putting her hand over the receiver and then snippets of a hushed conference in which, as far as he could tell, she was trying to obtain permission to connect him directly with Beelzebub. All right, she said at last. I'm putting you through to the direct line. Thank you, Crowley said with wholly sincere fervor. There was a click and a moment of silence, and then... This is Beelzebub Prince. Hi, Crowley said, drawing out the vowel. I'm told you're calling from Leviathan Compliance. In a sense, Crowley said. Here's the thing, Beelzebub. I don't know how familiar you are with the Leviathan accounting codes... I assume it's not the sort of thing you trouble yourself with, big shot like you. But I've just done a bit of research on them, and it looks like some of your so-called discretionary spending wasn't actually so discretionary. What do you mean? Beelzebub asked sharply. I'm referring to a payment issued to Gabriel Carrox last month. Ring any bells? There's absolutely nothing wrong with providing documented payment for services rendered. Oh, no, Crowley said. Of course there isn't. But thing is, you've got to document it correctly. Seems pretty clear why you used discretionary spending. It's not exactly as though you had an invoice to process. But if you've read the employee manual correctly... And I don't know why you would have, it's not exactly edge-of-your-seat stuff. You'd know that the particular accounting code you used was for gifts only. Gifts that specifically can't be provided in exchange for services rendered. Gifts that have rather a low price limit. Gifts that can't actually be given in the form of money. Now... I'm guessing that whoever reviews your budget assumed that Gabriel Carax was some sort of manufacturer of, I don't know, branded water bottles, not that he was a private individual that you were literally bribing to bring down his small business association. And I think Leviathan Compliance would be very interested to know the truth. They take misleading expenditures seriously, I'm told. Serious to the tune of, let's fire the most senior person responsible for this to keep the company looking good. There was a pause. So what do you want? Beelzebub asked, sounding more annoyed than frightened. Just for you to fix what's wrong, Crowley said innocently. 
Don't consider that check as payment for services rendered. Tell Gabriel the deals of See if you can't get your money back and stop trying to buy any of the businesses he oversees. That's all. This is going to set the strategic plan back nearly six months, Beelzebub said, which wasn't a no. If it's any consolation, I doubt whether it would have worked out anyway. Some of those small business owners can be very obstinate. Fine, Beelzebub said. Fine, whatever. Terrific. And you can tell whoever handles these things to stop getting me. Getting Barathrum to break any contracts they have with any of those businesses. On account of how it won't be a conflict of interest any longer. This is the weirdest blackmail request ever. Must be beginner's luck, Crowley said, and hung up. I met with the new head of the Small Business Association yesterday, Aziraphale said, glancing at Crowley as they walked down the wood-panelled museum corridor. She seems nice. Much more laid back than Gabriel at any rate. It'll be nice to have someone who actually is one of the business owners running the show, even if she's a phony psychic. Seems to have worked out nicely, Crowley said. I was rather surprised when I heard that the other members of the association were voting to fire Gabriel. Aziraphale went on, his tone becoming pointed. I seem to remember promising that I wouldn't spread my knowledge any further. Yeah, Crowley said. You promised. Are the owners heard from an interested third party? who hadn't made any promises at all. Hmm, said Aziraphale. It was clearly intended to be disapproving, but failed resoundingly, probably on account of the radiant smile that accompanied it. It's funny, actually, he said. I heard that he got offered a job at Leviathan, in marketing. Crowley held up his hands. I swear I had nothing to do with that. I hardly thought so. Still, it does seem, perhaps, better suited to his talents. Can't argue with that. Aziraphale stopped in front of a display case. Here we are, he said. Crowley looked into the case. The Fell family sword was just as grand as Aziraphale had described it. A broad blade, which reflected the museum's yellowish lighting like flames, a golden hilt, an ornate scabbard decorated with what was presumably the family crest. What do you think? I think it's hideous, said Crowley. Seems to me it was a good job selling it. Aziraphale beamed. Do you really think so? Of course I do. I mean, it got you the shop, didn't it? But even if you hadn't needed a penny of the money, the thing's idiotic. Of course you didn't fancy having it lying round the flat. Thank you, 
Oh, yeah, no trouble. Happy to offer my expert family heirloom appraisal services as needed. Aziraphale laughed. <laughs> I'll keep it in mind. Hey, Crowley said, digging in his pocket. Actually, almost forgot. I got you something. He produced a license plate-shaped magnet that read Aziraphale. What? Got it custom ordered, Crowley said. Except, turns out they only sell in bulk, so if you lose that one, there's 499 more sitting in a box at my office. I'm thinking of sticking them on various metal surfaces around London. Someone will think it's a viral marketing stunt. If I'm lucky, I'll get on Reddit. It's a lot of trouble to go to for a joke. Aziraphale said, turning the magnet over in his hands. But it's very kind of you. I've never had anything with my name on before. Glad that this very tacky gift shop merchandise is the first, I suppose. I shall treasure it. <laughs> Aziraphale said, laughing, and tucked it into his waistcoat pocket. And now... You're all set for Christmas gifts if you meet any other Aziraphels, so I think we're both winners here. At any rate, not to rag on your family's sort any further, but I am getting sick of staring at it. I think that Cupid on the scabbard's taken the dislike to me. Can I interest you in lunch? Aziraphel glanced at his watch. Oughtn't you to get back to work? Oh, I'm absolutely billing for this. It counts as client retention. Are you counting everything we do as client retention? Crowley grinned. Well, not everything. Nearly three years later. So, Mr. Fell... Crowley said, showing Aziraphale into his office. Now that your initial contract with us is about to reach its conclusion, I wanted to bring you in to talk about signing on for another three years. Must we do this? Aziraphale asked, sitting down in the client chair. It seems rather superfluous. Don't be rude. Crowley said, producing the sheaf of papers that constituted the new AZ Fell and Co. contract. I've gone to all this effort drawing up this lovely new paperwork for you. Containing, I suppose, all sorts of hidden fees and stipulations. That's, Crowley said, straight-faced, would be telling. One would hope. Aziraphale said tragically, taking the contract. That one's partner would have one's best financial interests at heart. Come on, Angel. Let me cheat you out of your hard-earned money so that I can buy you dinner with it. Only if you succeed in said cheat, Aziraphale said, the competitive spark alighting in his eye, and began reading. 
Crowley watched him intently, the way his mouth moved, silently shaping some of the more convoluted phrases, the trace of his pencil down the lines of text, marking each one so that he didn't miss anything. Absolutely not, Aziraphale crossed out a paragraph. A warranty that extends several years beyond the term of the contract itself? I don't think so. He glanced up, bestowed a self-satisfied little smile upon Crowley, and continued reading. He reached a point halfway down the second page and looked up sharply. This isn't... Client agrees to enter into matrimonial bond with representative. That's... I wondered if you'd find that one, Crowley said, hearing the nervousness in his own voice. Thought I hid it pretty well. Aziraphale stood up, the pages of the contract scattering on the floor around him. Yes, of course I'll marry you, you ridiculous person, he said, sounding almost as shaky as Crowley. I would have done the ring, but I thought it'd be better if we did them together. He was abruptly cut off by Aziraphale, who'd come around to his side of the desk in order to kiss him thoroughly. There followed an extremely enjoyable interlude, which was brought to a premature end only when Crowley remembered that his office had glass walls and that they were in danger of being late to the celebratory lunch reservation he'd made several weeks prior. Very confident of success, huh? Aziraphale asked Arkley, holding tightly to his hand as they walked. What can I say? I'm an extremely persuasive negotiator. Wait a moment, though. What were you going to do if I hadn't spotted it? Just let me sign myself unwittingly into marrying you? No, course not. Well, all right, maybe. Only because I think it'd be funny to see what happened when you found out. In the first place, I scarcely think such a clause is legally enforceable. Obviously. And you are going to take out that bit with a warranty, yes? Anything, Crowley said, to keep the client happy. The End
Omens Fic, written by Curtain Call, read by Literarian. Bonus content. Image boxes from Photobucket requiring an upgrade account. Require the loom. Aziraphale unfolded a pair of. Aziraphale unfolded a small. And Aziraphale unfolded a pair of small wire. So he simply said, of course, in uncharacteristically, of course, in uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically, in uncharacteristically, in uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically, in uncharacteristically, in uncharacteristically, in uncharacteristically, differential tones, differential tones. Deferential tones and men and motion for newt to follow him outside and men and motion for newt to follow him out and motion for newt to follow him outside to the car. Whether the keenness and preci precision Crowley had expected to see a spider drop from Crowley had ex Crowley half expected to <sighs> was this a loose? Why? Why at this moment does my brain give me a flashback to my father's flat that was dissolved 15 years ago? Somewhat homesick. How? <sighs> you never stop missing your parents, do you? Ever. Not if they loved you. Anyway, where was I? I suppose you're not going to say that if I'm not doing anything wrong, I've got nothing to worry about. 
I hate this argumentation. I've been campaigning against this bullshit for over a decade. It's... If you have nothing to hide, give me the password to all of your online accounts. Hand me your online banking details. Show me your bank receipts. I want to see your phone record and every single conversation you've had with anyone in the last seven days. You uncomfortable showing me that? It's not about having secrets. It's about having privacy. And stuff that isn't anybody's business seriously not being anybody else's business. Especially not the government's. Or Facebook's, for that matter. Anyway, where was I? Political rant end. <clears throat> Said Crowley. Yeah, <laughs> Crowley, I agree. All the inventory and purchase data stays entirely local. Wouldn't that be cloud-based? If you say so. At least you want a cloud backup, no? Although the shop probably doesn't have internet. But you want a backup system, for fuck's sake? Said Aziraphale, his face perfectly straight. Anything about Aziraphale being perfectly straight sounds wrong to me. There were neon keychains and those license plate magnets with names pre-printed on them and incredibly ornate picture frames. Fuck off. Honestly. God, people with small dicks. Hate them. Oh, please, Aziraphale said. This is not a racetrack, will you fuck off? Well, <laughs> breathing would be so nice. <sighs> and my belly and not in my lungs. That's not good. With or without a note, which he, with or without, with or without a note, which he would no doubt. You're gonna tell the penguin he doesn't even get to tease the fish. Why would they want to? It's raw fish. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. Look someone up beforehand. Common sense. How bad is Crowley at the internet if Aziraphale can find his address just by googling him? You can't even find my name when you google me, let alone where I live. Aside from very broad terms, somewhere in the south of the UK. Which should be obvious by the way I speak anyway. Never mind. That's one one of the things I love about this story is how Crowley thinks he's the master at technology when actually Aziraphale has all of the insight and the wisdom about it. Oh, can you fly elsewhere? Can't even see you and yet you annoy me. Because, no, there's no break here, but I think it needs one. And it's the 5th of November, it's the 5th of November and the heating is on and I am recording with gloves again so I can't snap to mark my chapter breaks. Mm. Anyway, imagine a snap here. Which, which changed to something where, which, I won't give you the book, I won't stop giving you book remandate, I won't stop giving you book remand, Particularly with all these changes, the Small Business Association, the Small Bis, 
The Small Business Association spe- The Small Business Association- Fuck's sake. Particularly with all these changes, the Small Business Association- The Small Business Association's been having me- It's been having me make- Although, although there went the Hewlett, although there went the Hewlett. Crowley hesitated to step out from behind his. What? He's not behind anything. That little contra, that little contratant has thrown, that little contratant has thrown, contratant. That little contratant has thrown, has thrown us all off, has thrown us all off.